Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Uh, thanks, guys. Well, just out of curiosity, I, I know you already did this once, but how many of you, this is your first time here, or you're visiting, something like that? Awesome. You guys came at a weird time, huh? <laughs> so yeah, in case you haven't uh, picked up on it, we're in a really, really cool time in our, in our church. Um, and I uh, was just talking with the Lord uh, leading up to this, this time I knew I was going to share, and it was close to the end of us being in, in this building. And so I um, just felt like I was supposed to share just some of the, some of the journey that, that got us here. And some of this will be familiar if you've been here for a while, and for some of you this may be new. Um, but uh, I've just been reflecting on it a lot lately, so I just wanted to share it with you guys. Does that sound, sound good? Cool. So, oh, thank you. <laughs> so I, um, I'm going to start from the, from the personal angle, because that's where it, where it started for me. I, um, I went to the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry in Reading when I was uh, 19 years old. And when I went to first year, about... Two-thirds of the way through the year, I had this, um, this awesome moment where I realized that I had, I had found the body, I had found the, the corner of God's kingdom that beat with the same rhythm that my heart beat. I felt like I had found my, my family. I had grew, grown up in an amazing church family. I had been a Christian since, for as long as I could remember, since I was a little kid. But I had found the place that really um, matched... You know, some people, everyone has different terms for it. You know, finding your tribe, finding your people, finding people that are marching the same beat of your drum. You know, there's more music lyrics that I could probably quote uh, that reflect this idea. But I, f- I, found, I felt like I found my people. And so as I went into my second year of the, going to the school of ministry there, my mind, after, after falling in love with what was happening there, the kind of revival, the kind of testimonies that were happening there, my, as I went into second year, my mind immediately switched to this is amazing. This is an amazing culture. This is an amazing environment. But you know what would be more amazing is if this could happen somewhere else. And you know what would be even more amazing than that is if it didn't just it was if it wasn't just a carbon copy of this place, if it wasn't just a franchise, but it was a true father to son, parent to child genetic transfer of what was happening and being carried here. I thought that would be pretty interesting. And so it was just a little bit after that that I heard that this couple that was in the same class as me that was doing second year part-time named Stephen Lindy Hale were talking to Bill and Chris about the possibility of starting a school of ministry and church in Atlanta. And I thought, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. And so a friend of mine, uh, Judy Franklin, who was part of the leadership team there in Reading, um, uh, really suggested that I connect with the Hales and get to know them a little bit and, you know, get, get involved with what they were doing. And I was already feeling that myself. And I remember the, the day that Steve went to go talk to Chris about the possibility of actually starting a, a church and a school in Atlanta and I'll, you know, Steve can tell the story in more detail. But I, I remember afterwards, um, my, April, my wife, who then was my girlfriend, 
um, us going to ice cream after Steve had had this meeting and met with him and said, he said, yes, he said we could do it. And the second that he said that, I had this vision pop in my mind. And it's interesting because I, uh, if any of you have been around here for uh, long enough, you know that I see visions on a relatively regular ba- regular basis. And But this one was interesting because this one, I just saw a very, very simple picture. It was just a picture of a church and people in said church. What was impactful about this vision was not what I saw, but what I felt when I saw this group of people in a church. And I, it's interesting, For since I've seen that, I've had it, it the, and maybe you guys have had this experience as well when you feel things with the Lord, but I, the feeling is extremely clear in my heart, but when I try to put it into words, it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. You ever guys have that, have that feeling at all? Yeah, maybe. More people on this side, that's okay. Um, <laughs> um, the best way that I can describe it is I felt like I was seeing... God's dream for what the idea that was coming to, that was, that was being incepted, that was coming to life in front of me, what God's dream was for that idea, what his hope, what his plan, what, what he was breathing on for this idea that was appearing in front of me right now, that was, that was starting in its first little baby steps right in front of me. And I fell completely and totally in love with that dream, with that picture. So much so that um, uh, both uh, my wife and, uh, wife and I felt that we wanted to do our third year at the School of Ministry, but we already were committed to go to Bethel Atlanta, so we did our third year out there, and we got married about two weeks after we graduated, and then another two months after that, we piled in our minivan and drove across the country to come, come be a part of Bethel Atlanta. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, it's not that impressive. We were young married people. We could do anything, so it was fine. <laughs> um, but that, that snapshot has been in my head vividly this entire time. And it's been uh, a little over 10 years now that, that this place has been growing and growing and growing into that place. And so let me, let me rewind a little bit because, or, or let me tell you where I'm going, then I want to rewind a little bit. I, I'm really, really excited because right now on one level, a simple practical thing is happening. We've bought some land and we're moving on to that land, right? But in the spirit, something different is happening. And... It's funny how what is happening in the spirit gets reflected, gets, gets released in the physical. And I feel like we're about to step into a season of, of truly being released into a new level of what God has called us to be as a church, as a family. And I want to talk about it today because I want to make sure that everyone gets the most, gets, the, gets everything that God has for them in this season. Does that make sense? So um, I'm taking on a little bit of a prophetic journey here, and I'm trying to do it quickly because I have a lot of information to cover. But 
the, a week before I heard about Bethel Atlanta, I'd been having this feeling, this mindset pop around in my head. And I was in a Sunday night service at Bethel in Reading. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was supposed to leave. And it was extremely awkward timing because it was right in the middle of transition. Literally, everyone was coming to sit down after worship while I'm like, I wish the Holy Spirit had timed it a little bit better. Like if he had told me a little bit earlier, I could just run out instead. Literally, as people are sitting down, I'm like sneaking by and bumping. You know when the, like the chair's a little bit too close, so you like the back of your knee rubs the top of every single person's knee on the way out? It was that, so... In fact, about two-thirds of the way down, I slipped and just landed in some dude's lap. And, sorry. <laughs> I didn't even look back. I just kept going. <laughs> so I do that, managed to get out. And it's funny. It's, it's, it wasn't the loudest feeling. It wasn't like, you know, this deep voice said, Blake, please leave. <laughs> go into the parking lot. No, it was just this feeling of, I need to go outside. Went outside. And at the time, there was this, uh, you know, the front entryway, and there was this big, uh, long kind of walkway that went up to a gravel parking lot, which is where all the students were supposed to go. And when I looked up there, I just saw this light over by where the parking lot was. And some of you heard this story before, but uh, track with me. So I walked up to the parking lot, and I saw an angel standing up there. And for those of you who have been around for a while, you know that I've been seeing angels since I was a little kid. And so, because I've been seeing them since I was little, uh, I, you know, it was a pretty normal thing to happen. And I, uh, I, you know, I was always confused when I'd read stories in the Bible about angels starting their conversation with people with, you know, be not afraid. Just because I'd, you know, I'd see angels all the time. I'm like, oh, they're not that scary. You know, that's, what's, what's with this all this be not afraid stuff? Well, when I saw this angel, I understood perfectly why they would start their message that way. Um, this angel was 15 feet tall, and it was covered head to toe in raging flames. Just completely covered head to toe in fire. At first, all I could see was the fire. Like, it was so, uh, it was so uh, voluminous that I couldn't even see through, through the fire at all. But as I looked at him more, and as uh, this conversation went on, I started, it was as my eyes started to adjust, I could see him clearer and clearer. And there was just this sense of awe and... Danger is not quite the word, but just this, this um, power and authority that was emanating off this angel. And it was interesting because it wasn't, um, it, it didn't feel like this is, oh, this is just a big, powerful entity. No, it felt like, like if you've ever been camping or something like that and, you know, you adjust the fire and maybe a coal from the middle of the fire shoots out and, you know, lands, lands on, uh, you know, outside the fire. And if it's a cold night, you can like see the heat emanating off of that coal. You know, this, this, it felt like this angel had ju- just exited a very deep part of heaven and it was still radiating from the heat of being closer to God than I had ever been. So it felt kind of like that. <laughs> um, and so me and this angel chatted about a few things, uh, but one of the things we chatted about was um, he opened up this scroll and on the scroll was a map of the United States. And it was uh, drawn in this um, crystalline blue outline. And uh, there was a little blue dot right where, the, um, where Reading was, where I was at that time. And as I looked at the dot, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and kind of spread this crystalline blue color. And then as it got bigger and bigger, I saw this other dot 
where I now understand uh, Atlanta to be up here and grow bigger, bigger, and bigger. Um, and then I saw dots appear all over the United States, and they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until there were so many of them and they were so large that they covered the entirety of the United States. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. And I didn't really think about it much. Other than the next week, um, my friend Judy Franklin said, hey, these folks who are from Atlanta are talking about starting a school and a church in Atlanta. I thought, maybe I'll check into that. So flash forward, uh, about two and a half years later, Bethlehem has been going for about two years at this point. Um, I'm volunteering at the church, and we, you know, we've been going here for a little while, and I'm working in North Atlanta. Um, and so I'm in the middle of driving through, uh, driving up 85, right in that part, right in the middle where uh, 75 and 85 merge. And I'm driving there, you know, moderate traffic, when all of a sudden, one second I'm driving the car, the next second I'm standing on top of one of the skyscrapers in Atlanta. Now normally when I, when I see in the spirit, I, um, you know, I kind of, I, I can still see the normal physical stuff just as easily, which is, you know, handy. Um, <laughs> particularly when driving. <laughs> um, but in this particular case, I, I knew what I was experiencing was a vision, but it completely encapsulated 100% of my vision. I couldn't see anything else. And I just figured that the Holy Spirit had that whole me not crashing thing handled. <laughs> so I'm aware that this is a vision. I'm, I, I can still feel the car underneath me, but all I can see is this vision. I'm standing on top of this skyscraper, and that same angel is standing next to me. And so I look up at him. He looks down at me, and then he leans forward and falls off the building. And I know that I'm supposed to follow. Now, again, I'm 100% aware that this is a vision, but it's still a long way down. <laughs> but I'm also like, there's really no other way to get off this, so <laughs> here we go. So I lean forward, fall down, and go down, 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 down. The pavement rushes up to meet me, and the second that I hit the pavement, I pass straight through it like it's made out of smoke. And I keep going down, down, down under the ground for a while. And all of a sudden, in the distance, I see this teeny tiny little crystalline blue dot. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I realize that it's an opening. It's an opening. And I get closer and closer and closer and realize it's an opening to this cave. And I fall through the opening and I'm in this huge underground cave. It's like a, probably, no exaggeration, about twice the size of an indoor football arena. Like this huge underground cave, vast, and it's filled end to end with this water that's this beautiful, bright, crystalline blue color. So I slow down and come to rest on an outcropping of rock, and the angel's already standing there waiting for me. And so we're standing there for a second, and I say, what's up with this lake? <laughs> and the angel pauses for a moment and says, this is the well of revival that's been appointed for this region. I said, oh. Well, how do we, how do we get it? Like drills or something? Yeah, he didn't laugh very much at that either. And he paused for a moment. And then he turned and he looked me straight in the eye. And he said, 
learn how to honor. And then I was back in my car driving again. So that was interesting. So um, many of you might know that I, I for about five-ish years now, I I've uh, been traveling and teaching at different churches and doing conferences and things like that. And I started to know this little, notice this little pattern that I, certain places that I would go, especially where there were these revival-oriented churches that were, that were um, really looking to just release God's kingdom on, on the earth. When I would go to these places, as we were driving around, as I would leave the airport and you know just be driving around and looking around in the spirit what was going on, I would see this crystalline blue water bubbling up out of the ground and just sitting on top of the ground in pools. And I was asking the Holy Spirit about this, and immediately I flashed back to this um, uh, article that I was reading about the early days of oil prospecting and how and in the early days of going after oil, there was um, places in the United States where oil was so plentiful that it was literally bubbling up out of the ground. Like, it was so plentiful underneath the ground that it would, you know, again, just watch the intro to the Beverly Hillbillies if you don't believe me. Um, <laughs> and... But, but it's really true that there were literally these places where it would, the oil would just pool on top of the ground because it was so plentiful. And I immediately made that connection. Like the, the, these wells are in more than one place and they are ripe for being released. They're ripe. You don't have to go searching for it. It's right there. And when we moved on, when we found this property and as we started to move on, I started seeing these wells bubbling up. I thought, that's awesome. So some years go by, and I walk on our property one day, and I'm like, huh, something looks a little different. I can't quite put my finger on it. What is different? Did, did someone mow the lawn, or you know, what, did, did we remodel something? Did we paint something? And then I realized all of these pools are gone. There's no more pools on top of the surface. And my, my first thought is, oh, Lord, what have we done? <laughs> Do not let your spirit pass from me. <laughs> um, and I didn't get an answer. I'm like, huh. So then relatively recently, I went to a church in Canada. And as we're driving around, uh, we were, I was doing a conference with them there. And the uh, pastors there wanted to show me their church building because the event was happening somewhere else. And so drove up to their church building and it's interesting because I could, uh, it had, I'd been seeing these wells often enough and I'd been seeing them bubbling up often enough that I could, I could almost feel it in the air. I could feel it in the heartbeat of the church that there was going to be one of these wells nearby. And so I fully expected there to be one, but I didn't see any of them bubbling up over the ground. And I thought, well, that's very interesting. I can feel that it should be here, but I'm not seeing it on the surface at all. And so we're driving around the town, and we finally get to where their church building is. And we get there, and, I, and it's a small church building. And I look in the spirit, and in the spirit I see a, this uh, tree growing up out of their building. And it's very broad, but, very, but relatively short to its broadness. And its branches, branches are relatively short compared to how big and broad this tree is. And then I look down, and I can see through the ground, and there is a massive root going down from this church. And as I understand it, there, I know there's a lot of variances, but most trees um, either have relatively shallow roots that go very wide, or what's called a tap root, which is one very thick root that goes down deep that has branches that come off of it, but it's kind of one main root that goes really, really deep. 
I'm sure there's variances, but that's kind of part of the spectrum. And so this church had this really thick tap root that was going down really, really deep. And the entire root was that exact same crystalline blue color that I had seen before. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm building a structure that has allowed them to tap into what I plan to do in this area. And I looked at the top of the tree and I said, it's broader than it should be for how not, not very tall it is and how short the branches are. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm growing them deep and strong first to make room for them to grow high and wide. And then I realized why I felt like there should be wells bubbling up there and why there wasn't. For the same reason that you don't see well oil bubbling up out of the ground anymore, for the most part, it's because when you tap in to that oil and begin to draw it out, it, the level of it goes down, it gets pulled out, it gets accessed, and it doesn't bubble up anymore because it's being accessed, it's being taken in. Does that make sense? And so I say, huh. And I go to our property uh, the week after this happens, and I look down, and I see this vast root system growing, and it looked different than it did at the other church. It was actually, it was very deep, but it went in many, many directions, really, really far. <laughs> and it went really, really deep, but also really, really wide. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's time to start growing on the surface, because you've been growing for 10 years under the surface. So I thought that was pretty cool. For the last 10 years, I've had that snapshot of what God was calling this church to be. And it's hard to describe because I felt it more than I saw it. It wasn't, it wasn't a picture that I could describe to you. It was a feeling. It was, it was an understanding of the kind of place this was. What was normal in a place like this? What was standard in a place like this? What, what, what anyone who came to visit this place would be immediately invited into? And I'm, I'm still honestly a bit at a loss to describe it, but honestly, I don't think I'll have to because I think very, very soon all of you will get a chance to see it too. Honestly, for, for the last 10 years, this church hasn't looked like that picture, hasn't felt like that picture. Now, it hasn't felt like, oh, we're missing or we're messing something up or we're doing something terribly wrong. What the Lord has been saying to me and what I've been feeling is that we're growing into that picture. We're growing into that snapshot. We're maturing into that image. We're building a root system to be able to become this thing that we're called to be. But just a handful of months ago, I walked into our, our offices for, for one of our normal Tuesday morning meetings, and I realized that the room felt like the picture that I saw 10 years ago. And then during our Saturday night services, I started feeling the room bit by bit, more and more, feeling more and more and more like that picture that I saw 10 years ago. So I feel excited about that. 
All right, one more semi-long prophetic thingy, and then we'll get into the last, last part of this. Um, this is a little bit more prophetic mystical than I normally like to be. Um, it's a sliding scale <laughs> in my case. <laughs> um, the day that we moved into this building on our first Saturday night, uh, Steve mentioned this briefly, I had no idea what, what I was going to talk about. I knew it was important. I knew that I felt a little bit weird moving from the high school into this building, but I knew that God was doing something. I just didn't know what it was. And so I was standing there in the middle of worship, three out of four songs in, absolutely panicked. <laughs> Saying, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to say something important right now, but I really have no idea what that is. <laughs> and then as I'm in the middle of panicking, I start tapping into the feeling that I've been feeling and the thoughts that I've been having about this, this moment and this season. And I just hear the Holy Spirit say, you're in an engagement season. And some of you were here for that. I'm, and when he said engagement season, I didn't think of just like, oh, I'm being, paying attention, I'm being engaged. I thought about like a, an engagement to, to be married. And I flash back to the time when I was engaged to my wife. And, and again, Steve mentioned this um, last week, I believe. And it... Um, it was a really weird season. Being engaged is weird because, you know, you're single for a long amount of time and then you date someone, you spend some time with them and then ideally when you're fully ready to, you know, commit to them, you give them this ring and you say, I'd like to be married to you. And I remember in the middle of our engagement season, it was this weird time because I'm like, oh, I'm fully committed to you. I fully choose you but we're not married yet and we have this big expensive party that we have to throw slash family reunion slash uh, buffet and you know all the other stuff that a, that, that a wedding is and slash religious ceremony and you know everything. Um, <coughs> and I just think, oh, this is a weird season. This feels weird. It feels a little bit hectic. We were third year students at the time um, you know, I, I, we were planning to move to, to Atlanta, and we're getting married two weeks after school's out, and there's all this planning and stuff. And, and I just heard the Holy Spirit saying, make sure that you get everything that's available out of this season because it's temporary. And I realized, like, oh, I have been single for a, a relative to my engagement long amount of time. I was going to be married for a very long time but I was engaged for a very short, very specific season. And I realized that there was, a, there was a grace on my life when I was single to be single. There would be a grace on my life to be married once I was married. But the grace to be engaged, to be on the precipice of stepping into a new season, was only available for a short time. And I felt the Holy Spirit inviting me to not miss out on what he had available for this season and this season only. Does that make sense? I felt that same way about moving into this, this, this stage before we moved on to our property, moving on to Saturday nights. I, I feel that this has been an engagement season. It's a little bit of a weird season. We're at a different time. It might be convenient for some people. It might be inconvenient for others. It's a little bit of a smaller space than maybe for the number of people that we have. You know, there's all these practical things. And we're moving towards something that we're excited about. But it feels expensive and far away. And how do we make that happen? And when is that going to happen? And first we're going to be in this building and then that building and then a tent. And, you know, next thing you know, we're going to be meeting in a bounce house. And... Um, <laughs> 
It'd be a very nice bounce house, though. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I know you guys haven't been involved in every single teeny tiny step in the process, but it's been a very interesting process leading up to we feel like we're supposed to get on this property. How do we, how do we get onto it? And it's because it's bigger than just a move onto a property to start building a building. It's about stepping into a different season for this church. It's about a season where we have been growing the roots deeper, growing the roots deeper, making sure that our most important goal is learning to access what the Lord has for us, access what God's plan is for us, not what we're supposed to do, not what churches of the, not, not what church is supposed to do, but what God has for us. But I believe that that season is coming to an end. Not that we won't ever need to grow that way anymore, because trust me, we will. But it's different. Growing underground is different when you're also growing above ground, when your branches get wide, when many people come to reside under the shade of what's happening and what's going on. And next week is our last week, our last Saturday in this building. It's the last day of our engagement season. And so my first thing that I want to ask of you guys tonight is to make sure that you get everything that God has made available in this season. Whether you've been here the whole time, whether you just hopped on on Saturday nights, or whether you're just visiting this week and might visit next week, the Lord knows who you are, knows your journey, and brought you here, if only for this specific time, to receive something. And there's nothing that makes me more sad than when people miss the abundance of what God is pouring out for them. Because there honestly is so much that we miss, either because we don't know it's there or don't know that it belongs to us. So whether you've been here since the beginning or just got here today, the Lord has something for you. And whether you're just visiting or just come occasionally, the Lord has something for you. And I want everyone to receive that. The last thing that I felt that I was supposed to do was to um, tell, tell you one more thing that I'm excited about with this season. Um, as we were converging all these plans and, and you know, we were feeling the Lord point at, at a certain time of moving on and we're uh, going through iterations and iterations of building plans, of, of ideas, of, of what the process is to move on to the property. And different challenges and problems keep coming up, but we keep uh, attacking them with different solutions and listening to the Holy Spirit and getting vision and direction. I heard the Holy Spirit saying, you're about to experience what it would have been like if the children of Israel moved into their land when the first spies went in and saw what was available. And I thought, that's cool. I wonder why. I wonder why. And so, um, I'm going to breeze through this story real quick. If you want to go through it in detail, it's very interesting, but it's in Numbers 13 and 14, um, this particular part of it anyway. Again, I'm just going to hop through here, but we're familiar with the story. The children of Israel were in slavery in Egypt. 
Moses, um, Moses and God set them free. This is a very abridged version. Um, <laughs> you know, some, some fire, some things, some flies. Boom. <laughs> they cross some body of water and then they wander through the desert. What some of my favorite parts of the entire Bible where God is negotiating and, and discussing his relationship with man, with Moses in this time, beautiful parts of history. They go through all of that, and he's, it, from the very beginning, he's promised, there's a land that I have prepared for you. There's a place that I have prepared for you. And they come up to that land. They send spies out into that land. And they come back, again, we're familiar with this story, saying, oh, it's an amazing land. It's flowing with milk and honey. They bring the big grapes that takes two people to carry across a stick. And they say, hey, but there's these, these kinds of people, and these kinds of people, and those kinds of people. And these guys seem like they're related to giants somehow. And, you know, they're, they're scared. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. You know, we, this is, this is scary to go into. And, of course, we know Caleb and Joshua were saying, no, let's go take it right away. It belongs to us. It belongs to us. And so I, I knew that part of the reason that we were about to step into this experience where instead of backing down, instead of staying in this season for another year, another two years, another three years, hopefully not another 40 years, um, that you guys do have a leadership team here who is willing to hear what God is saying and say, we're going to do it even if we don't have a building yet because you said to do it. And I have felt honored to be part of a team that would be willing to obey God rather than do what makes sense. Yes, thank you. <laughs> But <laughs> that wasn't the only factor in this story. And this occurred to me recently. I thought, yeah, well, but in this story, Moses was frustrated. He's like, come on, let's go. It's right there. Did the thing, the water, the fire, the manna, everything. Let's just go on into the land. The leadership wanted to go. And if you... Look, again, I'm not going to go into all the details here, but if you look at um, chapter 14, in my Bible, chapter 14, uh, they've added a little title here that says, The People Rebel. <laughs> and Moses and Joshua and Caleb are saying, hey, let's, let's go into the land. Let's go into this place. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And all the people are saying, no, it's better if we died in Egypt for some reason. It's better if we died in the wilderness. They'll, they'll take our wives, they'll take our children, they'll take our jobs, you know, everything. And it's they're, they're scared to go in the land. They're wanting to run back. They said being in Egypt was better. We should have never left. Going back to bondage would be better. Going back to the easy things, the things where we have no responsibility, where there's no risk would be better. And because of what the people decided to do, the entire body did not get to go into the land, even though the leaders wanted to. And I suddenly felt this tremendous level of gratefulness that we as a leadership team have a body of people who when they hear... 
we're moving on to this land and we may not have a building yet. Clap. <laughs> <laughs> And as I had that thought pass through my mind, I just felt the love of God for every single one of you. And I felt like he wanted to remind you, do not underestimate your value and impact on what he is doing and wants to do with this church. Do not underestimate your value in his purposes for the body of Christ. Do not underestimate who you are. You have the highest title that a human being can have. It's son or daughter of God. That is the highest title that any human being can inherit. And Jesus won, a, won it for us on the cross. And what you believe and what you cheer for and what you engage with matters. And we as a team of, of leaders who are following the Holy Spirit get to reap that benefit as much as you guys do. And so I am, I am honored to get to serve a body like this. I've been in church for 32 years. And if you're looking at me guessing my age, that's, that's all the years. <laughs> I've been in church all the years. <laughs> I've, I've been a visitor. I've been an attendee. I've been a volunteer. I've been an intern. I've been a leader. I've been a staff member. And now I've been part of the senior team at a church. And I know personally that every single position in church requires great faith, great trust, and great leading by the Holy Spirit. And I know that it looks different at every stage, but also I know that it kind of looks exactly the same at every stage. Because I've been into at least 90% of the possible positions in a church. And I can honestly and truly, without, without gimmick, without pandering, say that every single one of those places in the church is significant. It means something. It adds something. It creates something significant. And I felt that as we move into this new season, that the Holy Spirit, that, that there is an opportunity to truly seize hold of that significance and to grow this place into something beautiful. Not for the sake of this place being beautiful, but for the sake of God's purposes being made manifest on the earth. For the sake of God's goodness being made manifest on this earth. I believe that we're coming into a season, and I believe that as we discover what the roots of this church are that God has been developing, 
will discover this, that we are moving into a season, and I'm talking about the church, the, 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 the entire church, not just this church, but the church, into a season where we truly enter into the revelation that it's not the people that are up here talking that are the most significant people in the church. <laughs> that every single one of us is a representative of his kingdom. Every single one of us is an ambassador of his kingdom. Every single one of us has full rights as a son and daughter of God. And I think that the Lord is done with the enemy stealing the significance that the Lord has placed on his body. Now. I think it'll take time to fully explore what that means and what that looks like. And I think it'll take time for us as a church to discover what kind of structure supports that and, and perpetuates that. But I'm excited to see what it looks like for us to become the bride that Jesus is dreaming of, returning for. And the more I listen to him, the more I realize that it's not as far away as you might think. It's certainly not as far away as the enemy would want like you to think. So in closing tonight, I just wanted to just um, release, release an impartation and the way that I saw this happening went like this. So um, this church has happened in many stages, and so the, the locations are a good way to measure the stages. So if you have been here since we were at the Hales house, stand up real quick. And please remain standing. If you have been here since the ABC building, please stand up. <laughs> if you have been here since uh, Sandy Creek High School, please stand up. And you have, if you have started coming here since uh, we've been here on Saturday nights, please stand up. And last but not least, if you're just visiting or just hanging out or something like that, please stand up. <laughs> One of my favorite parables is the story where a man hires some workers at the beginning of the day and agrees to a certain wage, and they work the whole day. Then he hires some more people in the afternoon, and he hires some more people in the evening, and the entire group gets paid the same. I believe that we're going to see the manifestation of that parable in this season in our church. It's going to be special. It's going to be beautiful. If you call this place home, if you call this place family, if, if this is the place that God has called you to, I believe that you're about to see what he called you to. 
if you're visiting, if, you're, if, if we're your cousin, if we're your uncle, if we're, if we're your neighbor, then I believe that you're going to be able to freely receive what you're meant to get while you visit and while you pass through. And I'm excited to see the people who have been enduring and persevering for 10 years receive the same blessing as the people who show up the first day. And I want every single one of you to know that regardless of what, how long you've been here or how long you've been investing or how much you've invested, that the momentum that you have added to this place has added to the momentum of what God's doing here. And that you carry a piece of the benefit of the, of the interest for every person that gets blessed from here forward. That, you, that, you, that, that heaven has marked on its ledger that you have invested in one corner of his kingdom, in one household in his kingdom. And that whatever breakthroughs come in the future, whatever testimonies come in the future, that you get the benefit of having invested in what God was doing before it was shining the way that God had called it to. Before it was growing so big and so broad that its shade could be seen by many. Does that make sense? So if you would, just put your hands out in front of you. Holy Spirit, we just thank you so much for being a guiding light for every single one of us. I just release the blessing of this house on every single person in this room, that they would be so clearly and easily led by your voice, that they would be led into the perfect plan that you have for them, that you would, that your voice would be louder than any other. If they are called here to be part of this family, I just release the authority that comes from being called by God. I release the revelation of significance that comes from being a child of God, from being a valued member of his family. And I release the spirit of wisdom and revelation that will begin to invest in the, the ideas, in the thoughts, in the picture of what you're wanting to do here. I release the healthy responsibility that you have for every person in this room to release your kingdom, not a burden, but a responsibility to truly be an ambassador and representative of your kingdom. I release the grace to bind us together, to connect us, and to enjoy and celebrate the level of connection that we're called to, to get the most out of everything that we have. And Lord, as we go into our last week of this engagement season, this last week of this season, we ask that you would help us set our hearts to receive everything that you have appointed for this time so that we may carry it into the next season and receive the full benefits of what you have there. Yes, Lord, and I also just release a grace 
on those who have invested much, who have invested much hope, who have invested much time, who have been a part of the process, who have pushed through challenge, who have pushed, pushed through offense, who have pushed through difficulty, who have pushed through misunderstanding. I just release the celebration of heaven on every single one of those victories, no matter how big and no matter how small, that they would experience the fruit of being led by you and carrying a victory with you, even if that victory only happened in their mind or in their heart. I release the truth that that victory is significant because they are significant in your kingdom. And Lord, as we wrap up tonight and move into this season, we again just commit ourselves to being led by you. Lord, we will go where you go. We will say what you say, and we will do what you are doing. We will build a family around your presence. We will pursue your kingdom. And we will declare your goodness all across the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.